you'll be in for a fight and we fight pretty good getting goals is our job and we get goals good looking good we are Carlisle United Carlisle United the team that's on the ball Hello everyone and welcome to the Brunton Bugle, a podcast focusing on the trials and tribulations of Carlin United Football Club. From Buckter to match winner and Lecoq Sportive to Umbro, we've got it covered. Uh, I'm joined as ever by one of my co-hosts, Dan McLennan, for one of our special episodes, which look at a variety of different topics from the wonderful and weird history of the Blues. And this one, in case you can guess by the little intro thing there, is going to be uh, something we wanted to do for a while, isn't it, Dan, really? We've been we've been talking about doing this for ages and it's... It, Thankfully, we've had a little bit of a gap here, obviously, with the fact that there's no games for pretty much two weeks. We've got a chance to record, and we're going to look at the history of Cal United home kits. It's a topic we're both interested in, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, uh, as as regular listeners probably know, I've been involved with uh, gathering various memorabilia in for the club as part of the uh, Cal United Supporters Group's initiative, uh, one of which is kits uh most fans have seen the kits that are displayed at the club uh that's still an unfinished work because obviously with what's gone on in the last few months we've not really had much access for obvious reasons but no it's uh you know when we talk about kits and we, we often we often get a lot of people mention it and We've obviously mooted doing this episode for a while and I've had people sending me messages on my social media saying, you know, when are you doing the kits one? You know, I want, I want, I want to hear about it. You yeah. know, so definitely yeah. one with it. And we, we actually wrote it about two months ago, didn't we? Yeah, it's just been fun at the time and it's just lucky yeah. that there's no games for a couple of weeks. We've got yeah, a, it, a so. combination of that many games and we had sort of Christmas and New Year and then now we've got no games for a couple of weeks. So. <laughs> Might as well get it done now, Henry. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, let's get straight into it then, Dan. Let, uh, I mean, generally, football kits have sort of evolved, haven't they, down the years? And I mean, I was going to write a little bit about the history of football kits themselves at the start of this, but it's it's so sort of, it's not clear in many ways in, in the way that football kits developed. I mean, in the early days, you had things like flat caps, didn't you? And they wore sort of long johns and uh, yeah, you know, yeah. big socks and things like that. They used to have football boots where they were sort of, I think they've almost made a comeback, haven't they? Where they're sort of high back, if you know. I mean, they're almost like rather than sort of trainers and sort of convert into boots. They they actually are boots, aren't they? The way they got those ankle protectors on the boots now, also making a comeback in a weird way. The way they used to be, and they used to wear shin pads on the front of the socks as well back in the day as well. It's quite an interesting one. But let's focus then on Cal United and our kits. So we're going to take you back to uh, the nineteenth uh, century, actually, aren't we? So to start this off, so we're going to go back into the pre Cal United days, the club that became Cal United, Shaddingate United. Something we actually might focus on in another episode, actually, a bit about them as well. But because um, there's a very interesting book, isn't there, written? I think it's John Tate that's wrote that book, I think. Yeah. About history of Shaddingate yeah. United. It's quite an interesting read. It's well worth getting if you haven't got it. Um, so, obviously, before the club uh, we know came to be in 1904, there was a precursor club called Shaddingate United who played in the, I think it was the, like the Northern, like the Cumberland League, something like that. It's hard to tell because back then teams sort of played in two free leagues at once, didn't they? And had two free teams. I know United did for the early years, didn't they? I'm not 100% on what league they were playing in. Um, I mean, some of the teams they're playing against, I mean, there's like Carlisle Hospital teams and Carlisle Red Rose and people like that and Frizzington Blue Star, people like that. So 
it's uh, quite a few teams back then. Um, now, their initial home colours were navy blue and sort of yellow. Or would you say it was gold, Dan? Yeah, it's it's a goldish yellow, <laughs> and that's not very clear to be fair. But uh, yeah, dark, sort of yeah. The, the first the first sort of documented kit that's on record is uh, the sort of darkish blue with the yellow stroke gold sash from shoulder to bottom, paired with uh, white shorts and blue socks. And I think I think this is fairly accepted that that was the. Uh, the first colours at Shaddingate United wore. They were quite uh, big shorts, though, weren't they, really? The ones that yeah, could literally yeah, covered down to you, beyond your socks, weren't they? Yeah, they were, they were sort of more like a, lo- a, a loose a loose version of what NFL players yeah. wear, you know. I mean, they, ob- they obviously didn't like getting muddy back then, so... Yeah, and obviously they, they, back then they were also referred to as knickers rather yes. than shorts, which yes. is an interesting terminology, isn't it? Um, but yeah, if when you look at that first kit, like you said, it's, 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 a, it's a navy blue one, and the sort of yellow gold sash goes from your, um, trying to work out my head here, from your right shoulder. Is it right shoulder? Right, right shoulder, shoulder to your, your left hip. hip. Yeah, yeah, left hip. So it's very reminiscent of a Boca Juniors, actually, isn't it, when you look at it? In, in yeah, the design. yeah. It's, um, yeah. I think Boca Juniors actually had that as their kit in the later years, didn't they? So. And what one one thing with a lot of these early ones was they all had a collar and several buttons as well. Yeah, yeah, very sort of traditional way they were done, weren't they? Very much shirts, weren't they? In a sense, didn't quite yeah. go all the way down the buttons, but um, but it's interesting because when you look online on on record, it's shown he's only been their kit in eighteen ninety seven to ninety eight, I think. So we don't know what the kit was before that potentially. And actually, record suggests that the club was formed in eighteen ninety six, but I've found records suggesting they existed in 1895 which is interesting so there you go so they moved to sort of a, a navy blue and yellow stripes quite reminiscent of sort of shrewsbury town talky united you'd say yeah the the classic sort of shrewsbury colors uh mm. but the the shorts changed to the blue yeah the navy blue isn't is, it yeah First, first of a period where we we had blue shorts, which, uh, as as we'll find as we talk over the years, we seem to have uh, switched a little between white and blue now and again. Yeah, there's, there's quite a switch. They? they never really settled on what colour shorts we wear, do you? Down the no. years, when you look back at it. Um, yeah. Um, the, in the final two seasons from 1902 to 1904, they switched to. Uh, Sort of the shirts that are more familiar, sort of a blue colour, wasn't they? But the shorts obviously remained navy blue, as, yeah, as well as the socks. Sort, sort of what, what you would call Calal United blue for me, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Um, interesting sort of side note on this before we go into the actual Cal United history of shirts is that actually there was a story recently, wasn't there, in the uh, News and Star about the Millbourne Arms, wasn't there, Dan? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so apparently they were researching the history of the guys who took over the Millbourne Arms. They've done it up really nice, actually. I've not been in myself, but I know that a couple of our listeners uh, I've spoke to have actually said they've been and said it's actually a really nice little pub now. Um they reckon that that's actually where the Shaddingate United players used to change before games because they played uh, fairly nearby in a Wilhelm, Wilhelm, I think possibly. Yeah, yeah. So we don't know the exact location. It's one of those ones in it. No one's too sure on where some of the early United grounds actually were specifically. So um, interesting one that. Uh, so okay, the, the gates becomes the blues. So uh, in May nineteen oh four, famous uh, time in Kyle United history, uh, the Shaddingate United AGM, the club's members voted to change the name 
to Cal United to create a club that represent the whole city on a more regional and eventually a national level. Um, initially, they stuck with the colours that the old club finished with. But after one season, uh, the first tweaks were made. The introduction of white shorts and the interesting, the black socks with a blue trim. This is something we've spotted on with through history quite a lot in the early years. They wore black short- yeah, socks, didn't they? yeah. Uh, the first 20 years or so, <laughs> there's not much variety, is there, really, in terms of the kit? It's, it, it's fairly solid. There was a sort of brief period, wasn't there, where they, they wore blue socks, I think, just at the start of the, the First World War, actually, funny enough. Uh, they switched yeah. to sort of blue socks with a white trim, but then they moved back to the uh, black socks. Yeah, there's sort, the sort of like about a 25-year, roughly, period where our kit was blue top, white shorts, and black socks with usually a blue trim although mm. there was a blue and white trim in uh, the early 30s but ob- obviously world war one happened uh there was no football for five or six yeah. years but it, I, I think the generally accepted kit was the one i've just spoke about until until the early 30s wasn't it yeah well it's interesting because at, at this point the, the, the black socks disappear for a bit don't they and sort of we sort of alternate over the next however many years between sort of Black socks with sort of blue trims, and blue and white hoop socks. Yeah, the, they obviously had the the black socks for the period I mentioned. They mm. then have a season with the blue and white hooped ones. They go back to black for a season, and then either side of uh, the Second World War, back to the blue and white hooped ones. Okay, so let's move now then on to the post-war era. Um, so this is when all the trimming. This is when things start to get tweaked, don't they, slightly down. This is where you start to see the kit sort of develop into what you... Yeah. Almost what you uh, get now, don't you? Yeah. Was, I think it was 1947, we have the first recorded instance of a badge on mm. on the shirt. And funny enough, it was the actual city crest that yeah. uh, we currently use. Yeah, which a lot of people aren't, don't, don't really like as a badge, do they? I'm, I'm, I'm not overly massive on it. I, I do like the Fox, but I certainly think there's a place for a, a city crest, but we'll come to that later. But no, uh, sort of 47 onwards, we, we went to blue top with a city crest, yeah. the white shorts, and we went for black socks with a, a blue top. And I actually think these are really, really nice socks. Yeah, it's a smart-looking kit when you look back at it, don't you? There's one exception, that's 52-53, where you've got the blue and white hoop socks again. They just don't seem to make the minor, do they? Just basically, yeah, yeah. And interesting as well, it's got a it's got a white pocket on it, but there's no... But the badge has disappeared, yeah, yeah. And and the actual badge disappears for a good few years after that. Yeah, there's, there's no badge then. From, I think it's 1951 through to 1969... There's no badge on the shirt. But I don't yeah, think many yeah. clubs had badges on the shirt. No, then, no, no. Okay, so uh, bar, sort of, like I said, bar a few slight tweaks here and there, the kits remained pretty much the same until 1959 when the yeah. black socks were dropped in favour of white ones, interestingly. That's a quite for, dramatic for change. One or it? two seasons, yeah. Yeah. But I think the, the biggest, sort of most dramatic and probably the most major change to the kit we've had in our history was in 1961, wasn't it? Indeed, uh, where we went to a blue and white hoop. Uh, I'd have to say QPRs, the obvious, uh, the obvious sort yeah, of Greenock Morton QPRs, sort of course, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Really? It's, a, it's an interesting one. There, um, there's a there's supposedly a, a story for this kid, isn't there? I'm sure I've, I've read somewhere that it, it apparently one of the directors was a big rugby fan, wasn't he? And I think this was a set of rugby kits, possibly that he'd 
donated to the club, I think, and they were used for two seasons, but they were not very popular with the fans, by all accounts, and they're all very very traditional. No, no change there. And basically said, we're a team that wears blue shirts. Change it back. And eventually, they changed it back to the uh, what became quite a sort of... I suppose they only lasted for those two seasons and they revert back to that simple blue shirt, I suppose, with yeah. white shorts and well, white we, socks. We, we did actually get a, a promotion wearing that kit. That first we? promotion, wasn't it? Uh, first 61, 62. Yeah, first ever uh, promotion. Out that. of what was the recently formed Football League 4th Division. Mm. Uh, we finished we finished fourth, I think it was, that season. Mm. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head we, won is, the that, is that the season we scored an astonishing amount of goals as well? I'm, just, like that, I'm just getting the, the table up here. We scored... No, 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 nothing amazing. Millwall won the league. Colchester was second. Wrexham third. And we were fourth by a point mm. uh, ahead of Bradford. I've mixed it up with another season. There's a season where we scored a, a ridiculous amount of goals when we went up, I think. Or I don't remember exactly when it was, but um, but yeah, it was. It was In fact, having a look, we scored 64 and conceded 63 that season. Probably it was so. 1963. When we reverted back to the blue ones, actually, 1963 yeah, 64, yeah. we scored in a 46-game season. Uh, we scored 113 goals. <laughs> And like the next nearest team was on, I think eighty-five. So shows you how many goals we scored that season. Incredible. Sixty-three, sixty-four. We got promoted again, didn't we? Exactly. I think Workington actually were up at near the top there that season as well. Yeah. But we're not talking about actual football, are we? We're talking about the kids today. That's that's no, the one thing we're talking about. So uh, let's get back on track. Yeah, with that. through 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 the sixties, uh, we're pretty pretty solid playing blue top. Uh, mostly white shorts. We did have a couple of seasons in blue shorts, mm-hmm. and our sock choice sort of flicks between white and blue. Uh, mm. The sixty-six to sixty-nine kit was blue, blue, white. Obviously, when I talk colours, I'm talking shirt, shorts, socks in order, yeah. and that that was more that's equivalent to I would say a Chelsea would be the very Chelsea, isn't it? When you yeah, think about it. maybe yeah. maybe blue socks possibly, but. Yeah, but uh, no, and as we 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 quickly mentioned earlier, nineteen sixty nine was the first year where we had a badge reappear. But this badge, it was a proper Carlisle badge. It's a weird badge, this one, isn't it? Because the only it only was for one season. And you don't see it very often, do you? It, it, it's just a, it's a very strange one. Because I always thought it's that uni unita forty all one with the the fox in it, but it's not, is it? It's a, it's just a strange one with a little fox on it, kind of gold. Yeah, it, 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 um, we, it's basic, we, isn't it? Yeah, with 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 uh, no disrespect intended, it's it's a shocking badge. It's it terrible. really is because that yeah, I don't think we ever actually wore that unit to forty yard badge on a shirt, did we? No, it's a tiny, no, it's t- really of, tiny one. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame that. Um, but uh, l- luckily, the uh, the child's fox will christen it. Only lasted a season, and it was around 1970 when the badge that I class as our club badge mm-hmm. appeared, which is obviously the fox. Interestingly, it's gold, isn't it? At this point, yes, it's a gold sort of running fox with CUFC initials below it, and the 1970 through to 73 kit. I think is one of our. It's just a very basic, but it's a very smart kit for that area, isn't it? It's just basically. Blue shirts. I've got the retro Toth shirt of this. Yeah, yeah. It's a blue shirt, white shorts, blue socks with the gold CFC running fox. Just a classic 
very basic logo, isn't it? It's simple, it's smart, and it's a lovely little badge. It's 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 one of the the classic Carlisle kits for me. Absolutely, and like I said, you can get it on Tofs, and I'm, I've got, I'm not on commission here, so don't don't worry about that. <laughs> but genuinely, if you get it, it's a, it, it's great because it, it's like a jumper almost. So in the winter months, it's a perfect one to wear to matches and that kind of thing. So it's a great kit. Um, what comes next, Dan? I think we all know, don't we? This is well, this is a, a classic kit, isn't it? Yeah, this this is probably when when a lot of a lot of people who don't know much about Carlisle United talk about Carlisle. One of the first things they mention is uh, what's not what's known as the toothpaste. You know, yeah. uh, nineteen seventy three in a massive departure from our sort of standard blue and white. As most people listening will know, we went to the blue top with sort of red braces and the white panel in the middle with uh, yeah. the gold fox right in the middle. Occasionally you see it with the Umbro logo and I don't. It's the first time you see a, a sponsor logo. But sometimes yes. you don't, sometimes you do. It's a weird one because yeah. you, you look at some pictures from the first division season and the logo's there. But then you look at others and the Umbro logo's not there. Yeah, there's there's, there's a bit there's, there's a bit of a misconception that it was an Admiral kit with some fans. and it, it was Admiral actually, came the season after, didn't they? The yeah, 76 there. Admiral yeah. took over. So Umbro, Umbro actually used it for about three seasons, I think it was. Yeah, it, it's it's interesting. It, it, everyone loves this kit down there, and they go to my greatest. And we might get onto discussions about our favourite least favourite kits here, but I'm going to cause some controversy over it. I, I think it's overrated. I'm not, I, I'm not convinced by it. I like it, but I think that the 40th anniversary version was abysmal. It spoiled it a bit, didn't it? I suppose that's yeah. the, that's the problem. Yeah. We'll get onto that later, obviously, in terms of that that kit. Yeah. But I but think the, all those kits, people, because it was such a, a memorable time spot and kind people love it. I don't think it's quite as good a kit as we think. I think it's it's of its era, but it's not as good as you think. And also, it's the first kit they introduced red, isn't it? I was just going to say it's the first time red was introduced, uh, both in the sort of the braces part and in the socks. Uh, Red Sox was a massive, massive change. And bar the uh, 40th anniversary season for in 2014-15, we've never used full Red Sox again. For there's been red there. trim, hasn't there? Red, red there's trim there's been a lot of red and trim and red pieces and red rollovers, but not all Red Sox, you know. it was. Mm. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, so basically... Um, this kit was actually worn all the way through from 1973-74, where we won promotion to the first division, through until 1980. In fact, yeah. actually, I'm, I'm pretty sure Peter Beardsley actually wore this kit, didn't he? It would have been one of the first kits he wore as a Kyle player, possibly, I think. Also, the Admiral version features... There was tweaks, wasn't there? Yeah, the, the red sort of, as I'm calling them, braces type area, were a hell of a lot thicker than yeah. on the Umbro ones. There's a there's a couple of pictures online. I think one was from a game at Luton, mm. and the red the red is it's a couple of inches thick. You know, I mean, mm. when when you look at pictures of this kit, you don't think it's that thick, but in the later part of the seventies, it was. You know, yeah. it was. I mean, is, is it a picture of I think it's Phil Phil Bonnyman. I might be wrong on that one. I think it's one of the players anyway from that area. I think it's a, a team picture during, taken during the summer. And you can tell when you look at it then just how thick those red braces yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's So, um, yeah, it's remembered for a good era, but it should also be <laughs> not forgotten the fact that he was also involved in a pretty bad era as we dropped back down the leagues, didn't we? That yeah, period? yeah. So, so, yeah, it's... Um, 
yeah, I mean, kit was kept until 1980, um, as I mentioned there, briefly worn by Peter Baisley even. Um, during this period, obviously, the first time we've got kit suppliers, obviously Umbro and then Admiral, and that takes us nicely on to the next section. So we're going to take a little break now. Uh, we'll come back and we'll just start talking about the 80s when I think kits really first start to become uh, commercialised. I think that's the way I'd describe it. So uh, we'll be back in just a sec. Shoulder. Haig. Good play. And Poskett. Wallach. McCartney and the goalkeeper left looking at each other, wondering who should have taken responsibility. But it was a good piece of play on the right by the fullback Paul Haig. He got round his man on the outside, a deep cross, and Malcolm Poskett, an accomplished striker in those positions, had no difficulty putting it away. Okay, welcome back everyone. We're into part two of our special on the history of Kai United home kits, and we're going to go into the 80s now. Um, which is, like I said just before the break, it was the start really, not just for United, but throughout English football, of a real change in the quality and the design of football kits. You've gone away from those basic, you know, basically bought from a supplier, out of the box sort of kits. They weren't on, on mass sale where they, if you bought a football kit from a magazine as a youngster back then, you were basically buying a kit and you'd maybe have to sew the badge on yourself, wouldn't you? They were very standard sort of yeah, designs. Yeah. Almost, almost yeah. like, you'll probably remember this, I think the youngsters listening now probably won't because I'm guessing they get better kit than we did. But the old sort of style PE kits you used to get in secondary school, which was like a rugby shirt, wasn't it, basically? It was that yeah, kind of quality yeah. is what they used to have. But this is when you started to get the proper, decent quality kits. Um, uh, famously, obviously, the first club in England uh, to feature a sponsor was Kettering, wasn't it? It was Kettering Tyres, I Kettering think. Kettering Tyres from memory, yeah. Yeah, but it basically just said the word Kettering in big letters on the front, didn't they? And they, they got around it in that way, I think, and putting tyres in even smaller letters. Um, I think the next one after that was Liverpool with Hitachi, I think, possibly. Yeah, they were, they were one of the first. Yes, obviously, yeah. Uh, uh, kits were made specifically for teams, weren't they, rather than sort of the standard basic stuff for most clubs. Um, would you argue, Dan, that this is when some of our tidiest home kits came out? Uh, yes, because as I'm about to mention, I'm a massive fan of our mid-80s Umbro numbers. Yeah, there was some absolute belters, wasn't there? I mean, yeah. Um, so we'll start at the, uh, start of the 80s. So the club sort of switched back to the simple blue shirt uh, for the home kit. Um, Admiral was still the kit suppliers, but interestingly, the uh, CUFC Fox at this point, doesn't it? After one season as gold on the Admiral kits, it switches to the Red Fox at this point, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, it it changes literally when Umbro come in. Hmm. So I'm not quite sure of the change, but uh, what it did come on, it came on a very plain and simple but smart kit, didn't it? You know, it was Hmm. blue, blue, white with a very neat white and red trim v-neck and it, it's just a classic early 80s football kit for yeah. me it was a slight update wasn't it on the one that admiral did the season before yeah, it had a bigger yeah. collar on it didn't it yeah and yeah everyone's probably seen the photos of peter beasley wearing yes. that kit, haven't they? that's that's what it's most famous for um so yeah so the umbro returned to supply in 1981 and over the next three seasons the design was fairly consistent but 82 did see the first sponsor on the club shirt from the brewer McEwen younger and they would remain sponsors through one form or another, wouldn't they? For um, through until About 1988, six, six, six or seven seasons, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, it was back then. I suppose it was, it was probably just easy to stick with one, wasn't it? The yeah. logo McEwen 
thing was fairly similar, wasn't it? There was one sort of slight tweak in the last season where they had the uh, the logo of the the fella drinking the pint, didn't they? Which is, <laughs> yeah. I think, quite a sought after kit. That one, isn't it? I think yeah, one of those ones that doesn't rare. doesn't come up very often. Yeah, uh, obviously, sponsorship deals weren't what they are now. It was just sort of a. It was very rare you got a nationalised sponsor unless. You know, you were a Liverpool, Man United, Arsenal type club. Uh, McEwen's Younger was a popular drink around around these parts back then, and it obviously made sense to the company to sponsor us. One of the things in it these days, you look at sponsorship and gambling is prevalent on shirts. I'm I'm always quite happy that we're one of the very few clubs who haven't had a gambling firm as a main sponsor. I know we had, was it scores.co.uk or something yeah. like that on the back of the shirt for a couple of seasons. But I'm kind of glad that we don't because, I mean, there's so many of them out there. Well. Clubs are so reliant on it. And then you see some of the issues that come up with people like Kieran Trippier, don't you, in terms of him telling his mates where, where he's going on transfer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then betting companies sort of grass them up and he's like, well, you're the one stupid enough to offer the odds for it, aren't you? So yeah, yeah. there you go. But anyway, we're going off a little bit of a tangent there. Um, yeah. So obviously, uh, 84 to 88, a, a white this. pinstripe. Appeared on this the kit, didn't they? Is the kit for me? Yes, it's an absolute belter. I think it probably helps as well, doesn't it? The fact that this is during probably the club's most successful period, post first division season, isn't it? Because obviously, got up to what is now the championship was the second division back then. Um, so we we switched back to blue shorts again, hadn't we? And we had blue socks even at one point, and briefly went back to white shorts as well. Uh, during this period for one season, the f- well, we we wore this for two seasons. The uh, the first season was a decent enough season in what's now the championship. Yeah. But the second season was my actual first season at Brunton Park, mm. and uh, we got relegated. Yeah. Uh, we then got relegated the following season, and then the season after that, we finished twenty third <laughs> out of twenty four. So. No. Not not the best period at times, but also quite a good period as well. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't do things by halves, do we? As a football club, no, no. really. Yeah. yeah, the the first season we wore that kit, we finished sixteenth in the what's now the championship. Uh, the year before that, eighty three, eighty four kit, uh, we actually finished seventh, which you know in this day and age would probably have been playoff material. Uh, mm. We're a decent team there, you know. We we got promoted out of the third division in eighty one, eighty two, finished fourteen, finished seventh, and then the rot slowly set in again. Unfortunately, which is a shame because as we tumbled down the leagues with three really bad years, mm. we we wore some of the nicest kits that we had for me. Yeah, we had some cracking players back then, didn't we? You know, your poskets, your shoulders, your yeah. helpings, people like that. You know, it was a good good team. We had to get a small squad, but which you know, squads were then, though, weren't they? Well, it's very typical of Cali United, though, isn't it? Basically, whenever we do well, we always do well on a small squad, and it always ends up coming back to bite us on the backside at some point, doesn't it? Hopefully, yeah, this season won't be like that. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. I mean, I think the white pinstripe definitely added a little bit of an extra bit of class to it. It's very. I think the only other club I can sort of think of that has similar kits is probably Ipswich Town. I think, uh, I think Port, Portsmouth had a very, Possibly, very yeah. similar kit Yeah, uh, around the same time as well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so just, I'm just, I'm just looking that up actually yeah. while, uh, while yeah. we talk. Yeah. So 1988-89 saws revert to a blue shirt and white shorts and uh, Bukta came on board as the supplier and Sealy Beds, obviously a famous Cumbrian company based in, in Spiatri. Um, 
took over as the uh, shirt sponsor. Interesting, we'd had, sort of, I suppose, Admiral and Umbro were sort of well-known big brands in the UK, aren't they? And probably the only two brands about back then, weren't they, really, in terms of kit supplies? And then Bukta comes in, and if you ask people to tell you who Bukta was now, they wouldn't have a clue, would they? No, not at all. <laughs> uh, the... The the first kit they did though, I, I think it's a, it's a bit of a cult classic. This one, mm. it's it's the first one I got as a kid at Christmas, mm. uh, because up until then, shirts weren't really sold. I know no. it sounds I know it sounds crazy in this day and age, especially for uh, some of you younger listeners. But through the eighties, it was very very hard to buy a football shirt unless. You wanted uh, Liverpool, Man United, you know those sort yeah. of teams. Yeah, or like England kits and things like that. I mean, when you when you look at it back, this is the first kit you actually see occasionally popping up on eBay, don't you? If you go to the ones, they're basically they're rarer than the rock and roll shit. You, you just do yeah. not see those kits online. I've only seen one recently, and that was a, a listener to the uh, to the show, um, Martin Howarth. Uh, he was posting on the uh, thread we put up on the Be Justin Fair on yes, Facebook yes, about this. Yeah. He's got one of them. He's got one of the uh, Umbro era eighties um, kits pre-sponsor. Minus sponsor, yeah. Which, I mean, that's incredibly rare as well, isn't it? You can yeah. back quite a bit then. So, um, so yeah, obviously, Buckter comes in. This is the first sort of time, isn't it? That like you said, the club starts selling shirts in the shops, and it's, it's an interesting one, isn't it? It's not like it's the pinstripe, but it's not a pinstripe. Is it? It's it's done as like diamondized, like a diamondized across the across the shirt, and it, I mean it, it does look quite like like you say, it's an eighties classic, isn't it? It's very very of its time, isn't it? it, it the the first thing I see when I see that kit is the likes of Paul Fitzpatrick and Nigel yes. Saddington. Yeah. That's that's what that's. Yeah. Equals to me. Nice, lovely memories there, isn't it? Really? Yeah. So, booked it lasted for two seasons, and then they were replaced by Ribeiro. Um, Ribeiro did something interesting in that we obviously go on about the fact that nowadays kits only last for one or two seasons, don't one season usually at the most. Well, that actually happened with Ribeiro, didn't it? When you look back, both their kits only last one season each. So, the first one is. Uh, it, it, it's not a great looking kit, is it? The, the no, I'm not a fan season. of this one. It's, 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 it's got a weird sort of fades on it, hasn't it? It's, it's yeah, strange. it's got like white sashes into stripes that fade, and they're very blocky, and it just looks a mess with the sponsor on it, doesn't it? Uh, that, that, honestly, you'd think looking back then as a sponsor, you'd surely take one look and say, "You can't actually make out who we are." Yeah. <laughs> Why have you got it like that? To, to be fair. I'll be fair to it, it looks better in the flesh than it does in pictures, but yeah. it's still not a great kit by yeah. any means. Yeah. And uh, you do wonder if, uh, at the time we were sponsored by Sealy from Aspatria, you do wonder if that's maybe why we changed after the year onto a very plain but smart kit by Ribeiro. Yeah, it's quite a, the, the, the kit for 91 92, again, not a great season for Cali Night Football. Not at all. Not at <laughs> no, all. It, it's a smart kit, isn't it? It's not a bad looking kit at all, to be fair. So they, they obviously only last again for two seasons. Uh, and then in came a Bolton based firm, Match Winner. Um, and they put together, I mean, they're very 90s kits, aren't they? The Match Winner kits. But when you look back at them now, they're not bad-looking kids. They're smart, aren't they? I think. They're, they're smart, they're different, and they just worked at the time, didn't they? The, the, you described them as Larry, didn't you? They're Larry, but they work at the same time, if that makes sense. Yeah. There's a lot going on on both of them, but 
it, it's done well, I think, personally. And they, they, they sort of stand the test of time, I suppose, in, in a weird sense. And especially, I mean, the, the, the 94, 93-95 one, um, which obviously had, famously had the Conway sponsor on it, which changed over one season, didn't it? Was, was, the first, was it first it had Vauxhall, the word Vauxhall on it? It was Conway was it? Vauxhall and there was Conway, yeah. Yeah, obviously with the Vauxhall logo on both, yeah, but yeah. the word Vauxhall was only in, on for the first season. And I think, obviously, this is, other than the toothpaste kit, I think this is the one that most fans remember fondly, don't yeah. they? I, think. I mean, we, we, we wore this kit as, as we marched to the league title, didn't we, in 94, 95? And when we say marched, it was an absolute procession. And yeah. I, I've, men- I've mentioned on other episodes that season, you would go 1-0 down away from home and you weren't interested because we're going to score, we'll get at least a draw and we'll probably win. We were that good in that kit. You know, we had Rod Thomas, we had David Reeves, you know, that, that that's the sort of players you remember off this kit. And I, th- I think it would be fair to say uh, this kit gets remembered for the league, whereas the deck chair gets remembered for Wembley, obviously. Absolutely, yeah. I think that the, the, the combination of the two kits is probably the best combination of two kits, isn't it, that we've had in yeah, our history, yeah. I think, definitely. Obviously, we're talking about home kits today, but it's one of those ones as well, when you go on eBay, it's difficult because a lot of people... Love it because remember when they were young, they had the junior kits. Now they want to try and get one the the size that fits them now. <laughs> yeah, and they go for. I mean, they they easily go for seventy five quid each at a time. I still haven't got one myself. It's really frustrating. I really I'll, do. I'll, I'll I've got one. one in the cupboard. It does, doesn't quite fit, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I'll I'll never get rid of it. No, it's one of those ones everyone's going to keep all the way. Yeah, it's, it's a terrific kit. Um, obviously. That season saw a big upturn in fortunes. Michael Knighton had arrived a few years earlier, and you know this kit had been so popular. He'd, he'd seen how much we'd sold in terms of the deck chair kit and this kit when we went to Wembley. And unsurprisingly, the pound signs appeared in his eyes and thought, "This is a great chance for the club to actually make even more money." So what did he do? Didn't didn't go to another supplier, did he? He set up no, his own company. He launched Red Fox Leisurewear. Yeah, I mean, we all remember all the you know the sort of cartoony fox t-shirts they used to do as well didn't they back then yeah, yeah. very fashionable weren't they um, wouldn't be fashionable now I think it's fair no, to say no, no. no when you look at them but, they were um, definitely on for time yeah now the first season we had Red Fox now I'm never sure if Red Fox was a company maybe that was actually another company doing it but they just put the Red Fox brand on yeah, it possibly yeah, yeah. most it was, likely it, what it was it, it was all outsourced and uh, the, the, the first shirt was actually the result of a competition in the News and Star, wasn't it? I mean, I'm not sure if it was the News and Star or it was the match programme, I think. I, no, John it was Cole, definitely in the News and Star. I it was the News and it. Star, right? Yeah. I'll, I'll explain it. In fact, yes, you're I, right. I am sure they had already... I personally think they had already picked the kit and they just got loads of people to vote for it because the, the actual choices were all abysmal. Well, you know, right. all shocking. What I'll do is, John Coleman basically did an article about a couple of years ago where he, he'd managed to track down the the voting they did for the kit and all the designs. We'll, we'll, we'll put a link up when we, uh, yes. when we tweet the episode. We'll, we'll out, put a link but... up to the episode. Thanks, John, for sending this over to remind me because I couldn't find it. And oh my God, some of these, are, like, basically, you, you wouldn't wear them as pyjamas. They're, no. they're appalling. <laughs> so, I mean, the first one I'm looking at here is basically, it's a red, it's a blue shirt. It's got red sort of cuffs on the sleeves. They're all long sleeves, the designs, and a red collar. And then it's basically just got loads of red foxes on it, like loads of red foxes. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like, what's that all about? The second design, not quite as bad to be fair. It's literally a plain blue shirt with a sort of little red fox at the sort of base of the collar, isn't it? It's, it, it's basically do, do you know all something? blue. It, it, when you go through them all, 
the uh, the first that that one is probably the best one by a country mile. Yeah, in fact, the one that was picked is probably the second best one. <laughs> yeah, which does not say a lot for them, does it? <laughs> no. I'll, I'll, what what we'll do is we'll get all these and we'll make a a picture collage with them yeah. so we can show them all in one picture. Yeah. And then we'll send, put a link to the story as well because John's done the story about how it was very for and stuff like that. I mean, the, the next one, the, number three, look, it looks actually like a Paris Saint-Germain kit, actually, when looking at it with the, the sort of big red stripes going up it. There's another one with about a million red foxes on it on the whole thing. Yeah. There was a total of 12 of them. Yeah. And the one that actually won was the second best of them and that, that tells you how bad they were. Exactly. It really does. Some of them look like barbershop quartet shirts, don't they? I mean, the, the the one with sort of the the white and sort of red wavy stripes going down it and a big red fox over it. I mean, that's bad as well. There's one that's a checkerboard one. <laughs> the more you look at it, the more you're like, how did someone not sit and look at these kids and think, they're not great, these? There's another yeah. one with sort of red sort of diagonal lines in no sort of pattern going over it. It, honestly, God. Which I mean, why why it lends to my feeling that they'd already decided and yeah, fans should never to... fans should never ever ever be allowed to vote on football kits. I've said this before <laughs> and I'll say it again: never let fans choose football kits because they'll always choose the most appalling ones yeah. from, based on history. But um, obviously, this one came. Out, I mean, you think Dan, this is one of our worst shirts ever? I disagree. I think it time's been a bit kinder on it than than I I, I remember. I, it's the first kit I ever got. Myself, to be fair, I've never got the ninety four, ninety five one. I got this one for Christmas one year, and I I quite like it. I know it, the quality of the material wasn't great, and I know it faded into sort of a weird purpley colour, didn't it? When you washed it, but actually, I think there's worse ones, and we'll get onto them later. But I, I don't and think. To it's be fair bad. to it as well, we did get promoted in it after the relegation, so yeah. it, it does it does get a little bit of. A... It did bobble a lot as well. I think that, that's one yeah. issue I do, wasn't yeah. it? But it's one of those ones I think a lot of fans do pick it as their worst. I wouldn't say it's my worst. It's one of the worst, but I wouldn't say it's my worst. I think there's there's worse ones. I think that Sealy one we, we discussed before is probably as bad, I think. Yeah, I mean, this, yeah. At least this one has sort of a clear design to it, at le- the very least, even if it wasn't a very good design. Okay, so uh, so yeah, as you mentioned there, it, it was the... It, the second best of a bad bunch that kid was picked out. Um, first season, though, we saw the Eddie Stobbert logo on there, wasn't it? Or a, a form of Stobbert logo on, on the shirt, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, 95 uh, started one of the longest sponsorship uh, continuations in football. Uh, well, it wasn't the longest, though, was it? I think that was Wirral Council with... Um, yeah, I, I think we ended up with 19 years in end, didn't we? Yeah. I think in the end we might have been the longest, but I think... Tramway were the longest for a long period. I knew yeah, 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 definitely. They're sponsored by Wirraborough Council. Yeah. But uh, move, moving on from that kit, uh, we then we then had a kit for three seasons, which is absolutely unheard of, isn't it? Yeah, you don't see that and now. It, it was it was quite a smart little kit. This one, I think it's. I didn't mind it's it. It's plain. It's all right. It's the material it was a drop. lot better quality as well than, yeah. than the the previous Red Fox one. Um, quite shiny material though. Um, obviously memorable because it's the kit we wore for the the game where Jimmy Glass scored as well, of course. But yeah, I think I think it's quite a, a tidy little kit. This I, I I do I do like it. It's it, it's a nice kit. It's like you said, it, it's nothing special. But if you want basically to, to to forget an aberration of a kit, you put out a nice clean classic one, don't you? Really, you you put yeah. one that, uh, that yeah. the fans will uh, remember well. And we uh, we wore that for three seasons in total. Yeah. Uh, we didn't do too well wearing it. Yep. <laughs> we got relegated out of uh, what's division. now League One. 
in uh, 23rd place and we finished 23rd and 23rd so (laughs) it got a hat tick of 23rd places in two different divisions so Mm. That's, I, I think it's why it's never really mentioned because we were just incredibly poor when we wore it. Yeah, I do have that shirt um, and the away shirt from that period. I've got uh, Jeff Forbes' last uh, match-worn shirts from that season. He very kindly donated them to me. Um, yeah. they're, 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 they're very big and baggy for someone who was not a big and, uh, big fella, to be fair, in terms of size. He's always been in good shape, Jeff. So he was, I remember when he showed me, he was like, I don't know what the hell they were thinking, give me this extra, extra large. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> it was quite fashionable to have big baggy shirts though, then, yeah. back then, wasn't it, for players? Um, nowadays, they want them tight as possible, a lot of them, don't yeah. they? But uh, after this one, we went continental. And if on 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 the off chance that Mister Holdsworth listens into us, this was the first time we used Edia, not our current deal. Indeed. You said it, you said uh, we'd never used this uh, supplier before. Well, you were wrong, pal. Yeah, I, I think what what doesn't help is when you go actually look back at the kit. Although you look at we we use a website called His, Historical Kits. To look back at the actual pictures of the kits down. It's a great website, really good. It's useful. For, it's what I use for the match previews as well to see yeah. what kits teams have worn down the years. And they show it with the Aria logo on. Now, for the first season, we still had the Red Fox, like the Red Fox um, yeah. Wear yeah. logo there. Even though it was Aria, I think the Aria logo was sort of hidden further down on the shirt, but it actually did have Red Fox in, which is quite an unusual twist, wasn't it? Um, I know you said obviously the ninety sort of five to ninety seven kit was probably the worst. I'm going to say this one's the worst. I, I absolutely hate this kit. The more I look at it, it's supposed to be almost like a modern twist on the toothpaste kit, isn't it? Really, but it, there's so much going on in it. So I'm many stripes. I I think it's that bad that it's quite good. <laughs> I knew you'd say in that. a bizarre it's... way. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why, but I just I think it was because it was so different. It it, it was. The quality of the material on it wasn't very good as well. I mean, this is back in the day when I used to get like a name printed on this shirt when I was quite younger. Um, I remember I got, when we went to, it was the game when, remember when Peter Keane scored his drop kick against Blackpool? Yeah. And we went down to Blackpool midweek and we got the train down, so down quite early. And I went to the Blackpool club shop and got, because Stephen Halliday just sat re-signed for us then. And I got Halliday 11 on the back of my shirt printed on within like maybe a, a, a month or two. It started to peel off in the wash. It was ridiculous. Yeah, not not good shirt at all, really. It, it was also. I I, th- I think it also works because we went back to blue shorts for this season. Yeah, it was an all blue kit, wasn't it? It was blue yeah. blue shirt, blue shorts, and blue socks. Obviously, with yeah. the white, quite a lot of red and red, red, red and white trim on it as well, wasn't it? So it was. It, yeah. it was very different in that sense. I, it, it's I, not I a think, unique think, kit, though, is it? I think the picture on the historical site makes it look worse than it is in real life. When you see it in real life, I don't think it looks as bad. I disagree. I think it's awful. But there you go. That's opinions, isn't it? But it, it's not actually a unique, unique kit, actually, because uh, Middlesbrough, had a, who obviously quite, had a rear as their supply for quite a few years, didn't they? They had a variation of this, um, but it was navy blue rather than blue for their kit. So yeah. it's not a totally unique kit that we had. Um, so obviously, yeah, this kit lasted for two seasons in total. In the summer of 2002, uh, we obviously saw Knighton finally depart the club and Irishman John Courtney took over and it wasn't really much of a surprise, was it, considering he owned the franchise in Ireland, that Umbro uh, became the uh, kit supplier, didn't they? Yes, but there's a little tale to tell in between, isn't there? There is, there is indeed. So basically, because the takeover happened quite late, and I think it wasn't until like June or July that the takeover was completed from memory and Rossi Rodden Collins came back in. The club obviously had to plan ahead as if 
Courtney wasn't taking over because Courtney, I think, had let on the yes, we'll be having Umbro as our suppliers when I take over. But then, obviously, when it fell through the original attempt to take over, the club had to think, well, we need to get a new supplier for next season. A deal was signed with Zara, wasn't it? So that's X A R A, who um, company? I think they supply kits to Norwich for a while as well. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, I think Darlington as well. Actually, I seem to remember they were the supplies. Yeah, for. they did quite a few teams. Or one of these, there was a bit of a a burst of uh, manufacturers around these times, mm. wasn't there? Yeah, there was. And uh, you, 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 you do see this kit appear on eBay occasionally when people have tidies up. Basically, we sort of had a blue and white top. Which I'm sure we actually wore it in a friendly, you know. In white sleeves on it, I know that. Yeah. Um, it, it's an interesting one because we wore it, didn't we? Because we used to play in a Cal United supporters team. Yeah. Uh, that played and, four games and it was our kit. Yeah, it was sort of donated to supporters mm. teams to use if they needed it. And uh, yeah. there's, you know, there, there are people out there who own this because over time mm. it's ended up on eBay and whatnot. Yeah. But uh, it, it wasn't a, a bad kit, to be fair. It would have been a nice kit to wear. Interestingly, though, so I know we're talking about home kits here, but the away kit was very much a Norwich City style kit, wasn't it? It was yellow and green. And that is incredibly rare. You do not see there that. There is literally one or two of those. There's, there is a picture in circulation. Yeah. And it's just. I, I would literally say there was maybe a couple of samples made and that was it. Yeah, you don't see many so of them at all. It's very rare. If, You've got one. If you very have lucky one person. of them, you are one of the luckiest Carlisle fans alive. And if you've got one and you, you don't want it anymore, the, I think it's one of those ones the club would definitely love to have, wouldn't oh, they? Because it's an example for, yeah. to show in the... and Because it explains a bit of the history of why that kit was not used as well. It's quite an interesting one. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, yeah, John Courtney came in and we used the template kit because obviously when you order kits, they don't just come overnight. They have they to be approved usually, by the Football League as well, don't they? Yeah, yeah the, 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 in general, they get manufactured in the Far East in general and yes there is some in europe as well these days but a lot are made far east so what john courtney did was basically use sort of a a stock umbro template didn't he the kind that sunday league teams wear basically isn't yeah, it? yeah yeah very he, very basic kit it, it had a white collar the blue one um, uh, the white umbro badge the city crest and the stobart and we literally wore this for about eight weeks i've yeah. worked it out from looking at programs yeah and this is what I consider to be the grail of Calais United home kits. Don't come up very often, do they? I no. nearly got one because my, my cousin, um, he was um, friends with, do you remember, I think it was David Freeman. Yes. He had. Yeah, oh, he was yeah. David Freeman or John, Bur- John Burns, one of the two. Yeah, yeah. One of them we got from, who lived in Nottingham, because my cousin lived in Nottingham. Yeah. And yeah. he was friends with him. And I nearly managed to get a hold of one of these kits. He's much for one, but I never got it in the end, which is so I frustrating. Mean, they they are out there. Then there yeah. is people who have them. And if anyone would want to donate to the club, uh, I'm sure we'd arrange to get something in return. It's that rare, to be quite honest. Yeah, it, you know? it's one of those ones that the club do need, isn't it, for the collection? Yeah, definitely. but it's uh, it's it. This this is, as far as I'm concerned, the grail of home shirts. For, certainly in my time watching Carlisle. Absolutely, it's 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 a it's a very basic, very simple kit, but it was a nice tidy kit that tidied us yeah, over. For and it's, it's just it's just rare as as we've said. Yeah. Now, what came next was uh, basically it's a standard template Umbro kit for that time, wasn't it? It's the kit yeah, basically. Yeah. The England had the same design, didn't they? I think for their kit in Ireland, I think as well, possibly around about that time. Lots of different colours. But 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 both we, we had a we had a kit for 
sort of three quarters of the or three or four season then we changed to uh what we know as the conference season one and both of them were good kits weren't they I'm going to say, I think the 0405 kit is probably one of my favourite Kalina kits. The only thing I don't like, I'm not a big fan of that Stobart logo. I think the later logos look better yeah, than that it, one. I think if it didn't have the limited underneath, it would look better. Yeah, it's one of those ones, but isn't it? The, the, these were just good quality, solid football kits, weren't they? Absolutely, and they and they were really popular kits as well, weren't they? I think, obviously, I think the fact that we associate the second umbro kit with that lovely little sort of red and white trim on the shoulders and it um i think we associate that with the playoff final stoke don't we so i think that's yeah, why it's yeah, quite popular yeah, with the fans yeah. too really nice kits and um i think that brings us sort of to the end of part two here dan i think we yeah. what we'll do is we'll we'll look at the uh the, the post conference promotion area next and uh take a look at some of those kits and then we'll sort of have a few little discussion points at the end to chat about so uh, we'll be back in just a sec So uh, we're going to get well into the modern era now and we're going to start looking at kits from the last 16 years and there's quite a few to get through as uh, this was the time when clubs started to sign shorter kit deals, didn't they? I mean, one of the big issues was that clubs weren't really keeping all the sponsors for long enough, were they? So they had to change kits from season to season quite often, didn't they? Yeah. Um, this this was sort of the last period where we also kept kits for two seasons. I know now in the modern day it's you get a new home and away kit pretty much every season. You know, 15 years ago, that that was that was classed as crazy. Yeah. You know, I mean, we 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 moved from Umbro to Lecoq Sportif. Uh, we had Lecoq Sportif from 05 to 011, so six years, but we only had three kits, <laughs> you know, and each crazy. did two seasons, didn't it? Yeah, and the, 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 obviously you mentioned we moved to Lecoq Sportif. They produced some really good quality kits, I think, over this period, didn't they? In terms of designs, nice, simple, clean and classic. One slightly different from the rest, but just good kits, weren't they, really? Yeah, I mean, uh, the first the first one they did had a bit too much white for me because all the shoulders and sleeves were a lot of white. Hmm. Uh, but the second one they did was, at the time, it was a big, whoa, this is different. And it's it's a blue one. It, it's sort of like a modern version of the toothpaste, isn't it? Yeah, would it be is. the fairest description. Yeah, it's an interesting one. And yeah, I know yeah. that one one people complain about that first um, Lecoq Sportive kit was a lot of people said that, and it is true. This it's quite uncomfortable when it sits on your shoulders. The colour really does scratch on you. On you, that's the one thing. And I can't imagine what you'd yeah. like to play in for the players. It must have been quite irritating. But um, they probably just cut it out, to be honest. A lot of them would when they yeah, they just yeah. do what they wanted the kids quite often, but no this 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 second one it when when you look at it it's sort of got like a red line down what would be the left hand side, and it's got a white band that starts at the short but gets bigger as it comes across the chest to the shoulder yeah and it, and it works for me it's an unusual design and it, it but it is it's nice and I, i've seen a few people comment saying the color wasn't very nice in these i'll tell you what the color was so much more comfortable than the one yeah from the previous lecoq kit and i and it, and it you know what it's a really nice shirt to wear I, it's, I, it's also I the like fact that the design ran through onto the shorts as well yeah it's not it normally your shorts are one color with a bit of trim 
Yeah. Whereas on this, the blue and the white and the red, they all match up on the shorts where they do on the shirt. And yeah, and it was a unique design as well. That's the big thing for it as well. You, yeah, yeah. In our history, it's probably one of the few times we've had a designer Nova Clubs really had. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it, it was just for us, so it, it's yeah. quite an unusual in that sense. But yeah, I mean, I think people like this kit as well. <laughs> Once again, because it was a good successful period, really, wasn't it? When you yeah. think about it, it was two seasons. Well, one season where we did really well. Second season, not not quite as well. I think it's fair to say. The last Lecoq Sportive offering um, that saw a return to white socks, something that would remain in place for five years. Um, I like this kit again. I think it's a smart kit. It, it's got a proper collar on it as well for the first time in Lecoq Sportive. First proper collar, actually. When you look back at it since that temporary Umbro kit. Yeah. It was yeah. a proper collar. I've got a few. A friend of mine always describes it as being like a, a good quality rugby league kit. And I can see that, actually, when I look at it. Yeah, I I can see what it means. I mean, even, I I know we're not really talking about the away kits today, but even the away kits that we had through the Lecoq era were all good quality. I know the the red version of the 0911 was was a lovely kit, you know, Mm. that, you know, these were just good, good, solid, decently made kits. And, you know, they're they're probably in the, the upper reaches of Carlisle kits for me. Yep. Uh, the 2011-12 season saw us partner up for the first time with some of the shop-led suppliers. So this, is, this is kind of here where these start, things started to appear, didn't they, Dan, really? You probably know a bit more than me about this sort of stuff, don't you? Yeah, uh, the likes of JD Sports uh, wanted to get in on the, uh, obviously, football kit sales went through the roof around this time. And the likes of JD Sports and Sports Direct started... Uh... So, yeah, what, what they did, really, was they, um, they, they started sort of buying brand names didn't they really they um like you like brands that were i suppose previously fashionable but sort of going out of business they bought feeler for instance didn't they was the one yeah they the, i mean i could understand the carbrini one which was our first year with them because mm. carbrini were a bit of a lower end sportswear manufacturer i think it was their own brand wasn't it really yeah it was their sort of own in-house operation and the move to football kits and they signed up a hell of a lot of teams in the lower Bournemouth, divisions. didn't they? I think they got yeah, Bournemouth was, and a few. There was a lot of teams. And to be honest, the Carbrini kit isn't terrible. If you take away the big C's on the sleeves, it's not a bad kit. They, they weren't bad kits at all, to be honest. I mean, the, 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 the material was a bit different. It was quite a sort of slightly thicker and sort of heavy, not maybe heavy material, but it, yeah, I thought it was an all right kit and interestingly a red colour and it wasn't there the first yeah, time we'd done that. This is one of the times where the red colour works, mm. I think. It just it just gives it that little, it's the only bit of red on the kit apart from on the badge and yeah. sponsored well, area. When you look at this kit, you think of Lee Miller, don't you? And people like that, don't you? And it was a decent team back then as well which does help things. So obviously Cabrini was for one season uh, under the JD Sports deal. Uh, then it was at Fila that took over, wasn't it? Now, this is an interesting kit, isn't it? The first one they did. It's one that, again, I think divides, but I don't think a lot of people hate the design, but I think a lot of people, it divided them because it's the first time the blue went from a fairly solid sort of different shades of a royal blue to a, to a navy blue, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a really... It, it, it's a lot darker in real life and it looks on pictures for me, this blue. And yeah. it's it's not really a Carlisle blue for me. Hmm. Interesting. So it's, it's sort of a navy blue with a, a sort of red sash, um, similar to the the way the Shaddengate kit. The Shaddengate done. kit, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it goes across from, um, from the right shoulder down to the left hip. Now, when you look at the classic, uh, sorry, the historical football kits website, the Stobbert logo looks quite good in it. The way this, the logo's done on this shirt 
spoiled it for me, and that's the only thing that spoiled it. If that logo, Stobbit logo, had been done properly on it, I think this would have been one of the smartest kits we've had in quite a while. But what they did, they put like a, a basically a, a piece of material over yeah, the kit, yeah. and it, it just looks rubbish. And it's a real shame because I genuinely think it, it was a brave move to make a, a big change, particularly to change the, the colour. But I think it was a smart kit, and I liked it. It wasn't a great team, but it was, it was a nice yeah, kit. No. Yeah. And the, the one the following year, when I first heard we're getting uh, blue with white pinstripes, I yeah. had high hopes of a, a, a sort of a mid eighties, but it it just it wasn't for me. It wasn't quite as good, was it? It's a nice no. kit. The material was wasn't right. the best, yeah. but it, it, it's a nice enough kit, isn't it? I suppose. So yeah, then solid enough for the JD period. I think you know it lasted what three years. Three the, the, J, the JD period, a better than the Sondico period for me. Oh, just let, let, let's get started on this one then. So yeah, obviously we moved from one shop led supplier to another, and it was a Sondico owned by a Sports Direct. Mike Sports Ashley, Direct, aka yeah, Mike Ashley, one of one of the many brands he bought out and just. You know, pals high and sells cheap in his shops. Um, and what we did, we decided to mark the 40th anniversary of the um, First Division season, didn't we? And didn't do a good job of it. Let's just say no, that, shall no, we? We're being polite because you had three badges across the top. You had Sondico, who obviously deserved yeah. to be on. The City Crest in the middle and the Fox on the left. Yeah. And then you have the Virgin Trains just splattered across the middle yeah and obviously something we haven't mentioned obviously uh, your efl badges on your sleeves started coming in you know yeah, and much more prominently it just looks a complete mess for me and it and the it, quality it, of the it, material is awful yeah. as well. i mean the the, the the white bit in the middle is too thin which doesn't help as well yeah um all the logos are too big yeah <laughs> that's the other problem and like like the material i, I can't get it basically was just like a printed it's it, it, you know when you go abroad and you you go to like portugal or spain and you see or the, snide, the, snide the snide shirt snide tops seven on the back yeah on the back yeah that was the kind of quality of the print yeah, and yeah. the shirt it was awful and it, to they make it even worse sweatshop shirts weren't they? oh they were absolutely shocking and the worst thing is as well is they didn't go on sale until late into the season the team only just got their kits in time for the first game yeah, didn't they because yeah, yeah. i'm sure we played most of pre-season using the previous season's kit because yeah. it hadn't arrived yet. Which, like, yeah. I mean, in fact, have I got a memory? Or did we wear the training kit for a few of those preseason games? Possibly, yeah. And I mean, it, that... was, it was also the the only other time we've wore red socks. Yes, indeed, as you mentioned that, and obviously yeah. also as well, the promo picture that was taken for this uh, with I think it was Mark Gillespie in the keeper kit, Billy Painter in the yellow away kit, and Paul Furwell in the home kit is the photo from the famous uh, tattoo. That we saw, isn't it? Yeah. In the pub, oh, so still attractive. One day, one day one, we'll find that person. And we'll, we'll get him on, have a quick chat with him. So yeah, it's just, it just a mess of a kit. Um, yeah. The, the, next the, two, the next two are just... That's, that's just, all I can say about them. just not it? good kits. I mean... I, I've, I still can't work out... I think 1516 is trying to sort of incorporate the Virgin logo. Yeah. And you know what? it fails badly. When you look at it on the on the historical kits website, it doesn't look too bad actually. It looks it looks better than it does in in the, in the actual kit itself. The actual kit itself is not great. It had a, and as well as that, it had a weird sort of the label bit on the back above you where you, you know all the details of the size and stuff was a weird bit of attached material. It wasn't printed onto the actual shirt. It was a weird attachment, and it used to flap up over your the back of your shoulder onto your back. Yeah, so it looked like yeah. there was a bit sticking out. It was. It was 
just shoddily designed, shoddily put yeah. together. The sixteen seventy one, slight improvement, but again, just cheap printed stuff. It wasn't great quality. And suffice to say, come 2017, the summer of 2017, pretty much everyone was glad to see the back of Sondico, weren't they? Not, not good yeah. at all. Yeah, they just, the, the, they just that, that third one with sort of the disappearing sash, it's just, it's something or nothing. Yeah, I, I genuinely say that. Until this point, I would have said Aria with the poorest supplier we'd had. But actually, we'll get onto that in a minute. Obviously, the newer kit's a bit better. This one... Sondico easily took over as the worst player we've had. Okay, so obviously, there you go. Sondico, bye-bye 2017. Um, in comes Umbro for, I think, is it the fourth spell they had? Because obviously they had the first division seasons, 80s, the Courtney era, and obviously now. So not not yeah. a bad little uh, little um, thing, was it, really? Oh, so. oh, well, we, we, we must add, though, that the Courtney Umbro wasn't UK Umbro. It was because John Courtney had the Irish... Yeah. I mean, it's, it was Irish Umbro. It still was Umbro. It still Umbro, but yeah. It. it basically meant we got more money from the club, the, the shirt sales when we had yeah. under corner, I suppose, but there you yeah, go. Yeah. Um, now, I quite like this first Umbro design. I know a lot of people don't, but I think it was just... It, it, was, it, I liked, it, it probably does look a little bit more like a training kit, maybe, but I yeah, think it was nice. That, that's, they, it was when, a unique design, something different, it, wasn't it? Yeah, when I first saw it, the first thing I thought was... That's a training kit that's been made into a, a first team kit. I I think it looks good, and I I I I don't mind it. Sort of fading from the darker sort of blue into the proper Carlisle blue, and the Umbro sort of diamonds going up. I think it was an all right kit, personally. But I know some people don't. I think some people. I, I don't know what some people expected from it. Really, I think they were expecting a bit more. Maybe it was also was was this one also delayed, or was it the the summer after? I think the both were possibly. I think possibly. I think there was there was some issues possibly with yeah, yeah. the I can't remember exactly, but but smart enough kits, you know. I, I think they were all right. You know, that first one, the second one, the, the, the sizing on the second one's a little bit unusual. I found when I got mine. But I, I thought I thought this was quite a smart, solid kit. This, I think what uh, would have improved it was they did the Umbro logo things down the shoulders, didn't they, to the sleeves? Yeah, yeah. But they used sort of a navy blue sort of thing. I think that would have been smart if it'd been white. White yeah, Umbro logo, yeah, so yeah, you yeah. See. That, that was sort of Umbro did that on nearly every kit they did for that season yeah. as well. Yeah, they did. Yeah, smart, smart so kit. Like, like, likes of Bournemouth, etc. Were using it. And... Yeah, some of the training gear as well from Umbro was very smart. Some of it, some yeah, of it yeah. wasn't quite as good. Some of it was poorer quality, but but some smart stuff, some smart jackets yeah. especially. But there you go. Um, and obviously we're up to the modern day now, so we've returned to Aria. Um As I've said before. This is a huge improvement what they did first time around. I think they're a much better supplier nowadays than they were back then. First kit, I'm not sure about the light blue trims to it, but it's you know it's a solid enough kit. And once again, their sizing's all over the shop, but I think it always has been, hasn't it? The current kit, I really like. I think it's a really smart kit. I don't know about you, but I'm not so keen on this season's. It's is two shades of blue, which I'm not a massive fan of. It's a reverse of France, France's 2018 yeah, yeah, World Cup because they yeah. navy blue top but light yeah. blue sleeves. So it's, it's sort of switch around from that. I think I think in terms of doing something a little bit different but still keeping your core colours and everything, I think it's a good kit. Mm, I'm, I'm just I'm just not as tickled by it. No, not a big fan. No. no. Oh. oh well, there you go. <laughs> so so it's, 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 that, that, it's just meh to me. Yeah. We've had worse kits, haven't we? Oh yeah, we've had we've had worse. 
Okay, well then, I think we've, we've gone through all the history of the kit, so let's get on to some of the discussion points we were going to discuss here. So, first up, what are Cal United's official colours? Blue, white, blue? Blue, white, blue, but you could certainly argue that because we wore black so much early in the uh, in our early days, that you know, black could be it. You know, black socks, could, you could argue it, eh? Yeah, I, 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 a strong argument for that. I, I, I think it would be nice to maybe bring back the black socks, just as something as a sort of a nod to the previous years, maybe, and just to, to make it differentiators from other clubs, possibly, because not many other clubs that wear black socks are they. I think in terms of a team that wears blue kit, at least anyway. So, I, I think I'd like to see the, the things go back. I definitely agree, white shorts and a blue shirt. Not sure in terms of red socks. I, I don't really like them in there. I know your thoughts are on that. But uh, but yeah, I'm generally a fan of the 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 white socks really rather than the blue. But black socks, I think, yep, yeah, worth a go at some point. Maybe this is the one that gets all us talking, doesn't it? Is red a Cal United colour? That's a big question because for seventy ish years it wasn't, mm. and you would probably argue that if we hadn't got a Division 1 wearing a kit with a lot of red in, it probably wouldn't be. No. I, I personally think a sort of yellow or gold is more of our colour. I think, personally, yeah, I prefer yeah. the yellow sort of gold trims and stuff like that. But then that that's a very <sighs> Leicester City colour, isn't it? I think they use sort of, they've used gold trim down the years. And yeah, yeah. So it's, it's one of these ones, you, you almost want to be trying to be unique, don't you? And there's not many colours you do have the red trim go with the blue so and Portsmouth do I suppose but hmm, it's a difficult one to say you want to try and be unique don't you as yeah, a club. yeah. but it, it's pretty difficult when the you know when there's there's issues there right come, come on then favourite all time Carlisle kit let's get it out there for me as I've already said it's the Umbro 84-86 okay well I'm only going to pick one's from when I've been following Cal United, okay? That's fair enough, that's okay. fair enough. I'm going to give you a top three here, rather than just a one, because okay. I'm struggling a bit. So, at number three, I'm going to go with that 0405 one, the Umbro yeah. conference season cap. I think it's just a classic kit. It's a lovely material, lovely filter as well. It's a nice one to wear. I don't know where mine is gone. It's really annoying to get another one off eBay. But I really like that kit, so I'm going to go with that one there. Next, oh, it's really tough, this. I think in second place, I'm going to put that 0709, the modern look of the toothpaste kit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I like that. I think it's just a unique design, something a bit different. I think it's just a just a good kit. No problem with that. And and number one, I'm going to pick the one from my first season following 94, 95. Uh, I, I just think, I it's think a, it's I a think classic. That would be, uh, I think that would be a popular if we ran a, a you know a vote on it. Yeah, it, I think it's just a classic kit. I think it just it, it stood the test of time. Yeah, he's very nineties. It's very unique, but it's a good kit, and I like it. I really do. Um, okay, then go on. Let, let's have the worst then. It's got to be. It's got to be ninety five, ninety seven for me because it's even worse than the fourteen, fifteen one. Very close. Very close for me. It's sort of a joint freeway tie between. I'm not going to say that one though because I've got that's the first one I got and I can't, I can't pick it as my worst. I just can't. I'm going to go with that 2000 to 2002 one. I just think it's just oh, not yeah. appalling kit. Not a fan. 
the first Sondaco one, fourteen, fifteen. I mean, I could pick any of the Sondaco ones. They're all yeah, crap, yeah, to, to be, be brutally honest. Yeah. I'm going to pick ones where obviously what I've been watching, so I'm not going to pick the that Sealy one as bad as it is. I'd probably say like that second Sondaco one as well. Yeah, I just don't yeah. think it's a good kit. I really don't. It's it's just it's just rubbish. But there you go. So that, that that's that's our favorite ones. Um, what would you do as a special one-off home kit then, Dan? I would love us to do a version of the first season we had, which was all four or five, hmm. uh, which is Carlisle blue with navy blue shorts and socks. I just think it'd be different. Would it work in this era? I'm not sure. I think it's a, it's a weird not. sort of clash of kits, isn't it? Yeah. I, I, I genuinely, and we've said this before, we'd love to see the kit club do the Shadden Gate one. Yeah. I know it's not kind or, of technically. Or you, we obviously wore the black socks when we came into the league. It'd be good to yeah. do black socks for maybe the 100th anniversary or something. 125th, yeah. 2028. Yeah. I, I think I'd like to see us do the Shadden Gate kit. I think just, just for one season, just a sort of nod to the old club. Yeah. Um, it, 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 it'd be nice to do that. Yeah, it would, it would. Other than that, I'd just like to see us put a bit more gold in there and take the red out. <laughs> but that, that's just a personal opinion there. Um, and, and also, I'd like to see us use the Unita 40 or badge with yeah. the uh, fox in the castle. I think it's a really, maybe a modern twist on it, maybe. You update it slightly, but I just think it's a good, good, it's a unique sort of uh, crest as well. So I think it'd be nice to see that. Uh, let's go through a few of your posts then that you put on the Be Justin Fernock group. I put a post up about uh, the kits. Um, so Grant Carey's picked out his um, three favourite uh, home kits. Um, the 94-95 kit, <laughs> no shock there really. Um, he, he really liked that one. Um, I think everyone, because it's such a good year, people are going to pick that one, aren't they? You know, it, could, it, it was described once as the bird poo kit, wasn't it really? Because of the white blotches on it. It was an interesting one. He likes the first two Umbro kits as well. Shame we didn't have a team to match indeed. That's no no, no lies there. Um, and the 2006 kit, like I said, the one that um, Hawley, Holmes and Bridges all excelled in. It's it, it's just a nice one, obviously. The last proper one that's, you know, lasted for a longer period as well, but back then. Let's have a look here. I think, interesting this one, that um, Richard Willis says, uh, the one that Paul Furwell models here, and I put up some pictures uh, which included that one where put Furwell's modelling the the, the fourteen fifteen kit. He likes that one because it's the closest to mid seventies kit. He must be the only person I know, Richard <laughs> yeah. Wills, who's genuinely said that kit's good. Because I, I'm just no, I'm not not really not really a, a fan of that one. Uh, our mate Nick Brown says, uh, since the early nineties, match winner Umbro kit's good. The rest absolutely. <laughs> So no, no sitting on the fence from Nick there, is there? He's, he's giving me straight straight views very clearly there. Uh, Paul Slee's picked out the the Admiral one that we want to mention with the thicker red brace stripes. Um, he has to say that uh, one of his favourites there. Um, he, he preferred it because it had the collar on it in those seasons. So a uh, big fan of that one. Um, he says very we've had retro, some very retro, isn't it? Uh, he says we have had some real shockers. Too many to mention though. 92, 93, and 93, 95 were dark days indeed. Mm-hmm. So he's picking out the, the third division scene has been a, an awful kit. Whereas when it you go just, down... From, it just shows you, you know, it's the yeah. difference in opinion. And I think it helps as well. Some people have picked out the fact that the logo, John Turnbull here, says the fact that the logo is nice and simple. And like everyone says, because it, it was such a good season. It's one of those ones people like it. Doug Murphy's favourite is the toothpaste stripe kit. Uh, he hates the EWM model by uh, Danny Granger the most. Uh, that's the first number one with the little 
yeah, uh, sort yeah. of diamonds fading in. So interesting that people didn't really like that one. Um, he would have said he'd had a, he'd had a proper collar to the current home kit to make it nicer. Um, um, picking out here, John Bullman said Lecoq Sportif were consistently good. I like the match winner Conway shirt, and everyone's going to be saying that one, aren't they? Really? Um, the ones he really don't like are the zigzag stripes, of the ninety five ninety seven shirt, and the most recent white stri- uh, stripe Sondico throwback. I think everyone's picking out those two really as the ones that they don't like, aren't they? Um, interesting Mikey Davidson uh, he says I personally feel you always have a soft spot for your first football shirt here is me and mine and he's picked out the one just before the 93-95 one so that was the first match winner shirt I agree I think it's a smart shirt that one actually it's yeah, one with I, like, I, weird sort of dashes on it isn't it I also think he's right in that the, the first one you owned you do have a soft spot for mine like I said mine was the uh, the diamond pinstripe one I've, I've always liked that so yeah yeah uh, Matt McDonald uh, he says won't be an unpopular pin by any stretch but my favourite kits are the match winner in Lecoq era is particularly fond of 93, 95 95, 97 interestingly uh, and 2009, 11 which I thought was a really nice simple kit 2004, 05 probably my favourite outside those areas I'm sure it's natural all those kits coincide with successes, as I think really good teams make a kit more memorable. I, mean, I think we said before, I spot on with that. You know, teams can wear some absolutely gash kits, but if the team's good, then people are going to like it. Yeah. Um, I think the gap between the Cox kits and going to Umbro in 2017 features the worst year of kits I've ever seen. Hated one of them, the first division remake, using sort of, well, everyone's picking up on that one, aren't they, basically? Uh, Martin Howarth is picking out the... The Buckter kits and the Ribeiro kits, uh, the ones he really wants, desperate for those. Um, looking through here, Mike Edgar says the 94 95 is the one that he'd love to own that fits. I think, like many of us, <laughs> we'd love one of those that actually fits us these days. Um, unpopular one, he really liked the 12 13 kit with the red sash. So there you go, not many people say that. Um, and picking through, basically, people are just picking the kits from the season they liked it. And Chris yeah. Gibson has picked out the McEwen's kit for me. Yeah, First Carlo kit was our strip and always reminds me of the helping Posket and Bishop era. No surprise that, there. I would say that that wide selection just shows that when it comes to kits, it really is different strokes for different folks. Exactly that, exactly I just that. wanted to get a cheesy saying in there. <sighs> dear, oh dear. There you go. Um, that's it, Dan, I think. I think we've, we've gone through the, the history of those yeah. kits there. We've picked out the bits we like. We're going to be campaigning for that Shadow Gate United kit. We're going to be campaigning for the Black Sox. And uh, we're going to secretly on the slide try and get the red, if we can, out of the kit in, in the future. <laughs> I don't think we're going to manage that one. I think no, it's there no. to stay now. And it's very much there to stay. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening, as usual. We really do appreciate it. You know, it's always appreciated that people listen to these. And we hope you enjoy these specials. I'm not sure. What do you fancy doing next, Dan, on the specials? Uh, I don't know. Should, well, should we do? Should we do one picking out a few little interesting history stories about going back into the very distant past of Kai I'll, I'll do a bit. Of, I'll do a bit of who do you think you are? Maybe we'll go back into the past on a yeah, couple of players. Yeah. And I've got some stories to tell there, so we'll do we, that we, in the we, near future. We have got scribbled ideas down. We'll uh, yeah. we'll get a few worked out. And... But if you've got anything you wanted to discuss, send them in. Always send them in. Yeah, you can get in contact with us in the usual places so on Twitter at Brunton Bugle or by email to bruntonbugle@gmail.com. And as we've mentioned before, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast and. You know, on any podcast app you use, so Google, Spotify, Apple, Acast, any place like that, give, give us a subscribe. It'll come straight into your little inbox for your podcast. Um, and 
again, we really appreciate all the good feedback we've had. And if you can give us a review, particularly on Apple Podcasts, that would be brilliant. It would really get us up the thing. So uh, that's it, Dan. Uh, that's our latest special out of the way. Thanks for joining me once again. Really appreciate it. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. And up the blues. Up the blues.